I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Yo, what up? Welcome to Tevez of the Best. Today is Tuesday, May 2, 2023. My name is JC Tevez. Welcome to the podcast about my life and nothing else. But stick around. You might learn something new. Good morning, everyone. It's 2.46 in the morning. I'm recording a podcast. Why? Why? Why are you awake? Because my body clock has been fucked up for like the last three weeks. I don't know why, man. I've been sleeping at 6 a.m. Not just because of video games. I've been gymming early morning, just watching random shit on YouTube, watching movies. By the way, I'm about to watch some movies after this podcast is done. What are you going to watch, JC? Well, let me fill you in. I just got a couple movies that I'm going to watch. Hold on. I have it here. So the Tetris movie, you guys hear about that Tetris with, uh, I think it's Taron Egerton. From Kingsman. Uh, it's about the guy who created the Tetris game. Ah, fuck, it's in alphabetical order, not in order of stuff that I just got. Um, ah, fuck, I have, I, I have, oh, I have the new Scream, Peter Pan and Wendy, which is the new, I guess there's a new Peter Pan movie that's on Disney Plus. Uh, I might watch Pinball as well. It's just, Tetris and Pinball are kind of like those, uh, dual, dual movies. You know those movies that come out around the same time that have a similar, theme like White House Down and Olympus Has Fallen or Dante's Peak and Volcano or or uh fuck what's that movie Armageddon and there was another space movie that came out basically there are these there's this like it's not a phenomenon but there, there's it's because Hollywood buys like similar scripts at the same time and they, they rush to like put it out first so anyway I might watch uh pinball as well which is about the guy who created the pinball machine what else do i have here um i might rewatch um hog uh, not hogwarts uh guardians of the galaxy because on wednesday tomorrow rather uh we're gonna be watching guardians of the galaxy 3 we have tickets at 9 p.m i can't wait it's probably sold out now by the way guys if you're listening you haven't bought tickets sorry it's too late unless you go in the morning or lunchtime but the nighttime showing is good luck man you're out. Unless you want to sit at the very front and cr- crank your neck. I also have 65, which stars Adam Driver, which had terrible Rotten Tomato reviews. But I'll probably just watch it just because. Why not, man? Got nothing else to do. Okay. I also just finished doing a bunch of voiceover work. That's why I'm awake uh, right now as well. I probably did voiceovers for maybe five or six hours for shitty pay. But it's good enough because I had to cover... My my spending from StickerCon. Yeah, man. I forgot to mention it last week. I should have invited you guys because I know a bunch of you listen to this podcast really take my word for stuff. So unfortunately, if you're listening to this now, StickerCon 2023 in Manila is is already over. But they, they usually have like a second smaller, at least pre-pandemic, they had the main one and then they had like a smaller one. So you never know. They might have another one next year. Or, uh, this, or towards the end of this year. But follow them, StickerCon MNL. It was really cool. It was my first time to go at the, what seems to be their now, like, uh, standard location, which is in White Space, uh, Makati, or it's in White Space Manila, but it's in Makati, along Chino Roses. 
And they held it there last year, but I was in the States when it happened. So I was just, it's been so long. This was my first con, (laughs) my first sticker con since pandemic. And it was really great. Uh, the venue is nice. You know, if you've ever been to White Space, I've hosted, I think I even talked about it here. I hosted a debut there maybe last month or two months ago. It's a nice space. It's big. It's spacious. It's clean. The bathroom is fantastic, by the way. It's, it's a great, it's a great venue. The, the line, well, we went at 10 a.m. during opening on day two. So it's, it was a two day event, which is great because I think the, I remember, if I'm not mistaken, the first sticker con was just one day. My memory might be hazy. But uh, we went on the second day because the day before that, which I'll talk about in a bit, I actually hosted a wedding, which was one of the best experiences that I've had hosting a wedding. I'll talk about that in a bit if I don't forget. But let's talk about StickerCon. Man, there, I think this was bigger than the, any StickerCon that I've been to. I remember the biggest one I had before was in Bayanihan Center in Capitolio. That was in 2019 or something pre-pandemic and this one was just so fucking good man they had so much variety a lot of cool merch as well because when people hear sticker con they're like oh so you just go there to buy stickers like that's it no man there's there's tote bags there's there's hats which i bought a fantastic hat really cool uh there's there's wallets there's t-shirts i didn't buy any t-shirts because i know i fucking know that none of them will fit me like i know it i know that they won't have my size so I didn't buy any t-shirts, which sucks because they had some pretty cool t-shirts. What I did end up buying, the most expensive shit that I bought was uh, this artwork from Angerilla. A-N-G-G-E-R-I-L-Y-A, I think. I have them tagged in the video that I made, which I'll discuss in a bit. But it's this really cool, uh, it's on paper, and I bought two of them. So they're like a matching pair. I don't know. You have to look on their Instagram for you to kind of get a, the best representation of what, because I, I don't know if I can paint you a visual picture, but it's two Filipino people in futuristic outfits and they're holding like a, a fighting cock, a rooster, sabong, as they call it here, sabong, cock fighting. And it just, it fucking looks so cool, man. It's my kind of aesthetic. And I saw it. In maybe like an hour into browsing through StickerCon, and I couldn't take my mind off it for like the whole like three hours I was there. So before I left, uh, I had to go buy it, man. It, it was the most expensive purchase. It was three thousand pesos, which you know for artwork isn't bad, right? That's actually pretty cheap for quality artwork. Uh, that comes out to about sixty bucks for uh, any U.S. listeners out there. Sixty bucks for total, so it was only thirty bucks each, and I think it's well worth it. Uh, there's only, I mean, they, on the paper itself, there's like a quantity listed, you know, like there's a, a stock number, like blank out of blank. So I got number two out of 25. Number one belongs to the artist. Uh, I mean, who knows, right? Maybe they'll blow up and it'll be worth millions of dollars one day, but I just thought it was cool that I got something limited, something that, you know, is not just purchased anywhere. It, it's really, really neat. Uh, I can't really, I mean, it's hard to describe the stickers that I bought. The best thing I want to do is a call to action. Yeah, that's what they call it in social media, right? Um, a call to action to go to my Instagram or my TikTok. You know, my TikTok, sometimes I'll upload videos and they, they like, they slam, like they'll, they'll do thousands of views. And sometimes, like the one I uploaded both on IG and on TikTok 
And my IG one has like 3,000, 4,000 views already. My TikTok has seven or some <laughs> shit like that. So if you want to check out the video, please do. Uh, it's on my Instagram and my TikTok. Maybe go to TikTok and watch it because uh, it needs more views and like it on there and shit. But if you want to see the artists that are featured in the stickers that I bought, the ones that I could find uh, at least, it's on my Instagram. They're tagged in my video. Just go to the video. Uh, might as well comment and like while you're there, right? And then check out the tagged people. Uh, and you can see, I, I had some favorites. Like there's this Hello Kitty one. It's like Hello Kitty, but she's super ripped and she's in a bikini. Yeah. Uh, there's this one dude who's just like half naked and his butt is showing. And, uh, one of my other personal favorites is this Goku and Astro Boy mashup. So it's Astro Boy, but his face is, uh, Goku. Uh, it, it, if you're not a fan of either of those, you won't get what I'm talking about. But if you're a fan of anime in general, like you'll get like, that's pretty sick. But so much. I had so many stickers that I, I appreciated and I, I really, I really dig. And I spent around maybe 3000 on stickers as well. So my total, you know, my total expenditure, or I called it in my video, my total damage for the day was around 6,000 pesos, which is about $120, which is, uh, kind of hefty, I, I, I would say, if you think about it for, you know, who spends $120 on stickers? Well, technically, it was only like $60 on stickers because of the artwork that I bought. But uh, I would say I spent a lot more than than the average person on stickers. <laughs> and my friend George, who all the way from the States, he saw my video. He messaged me because, uh, you know, I, I don't just like stickers because, you know, it's the cool thing to do. I've, I've loved stickers for a while. He messaged me and he said, man, I remember how much you love stickers even when you were living here in, in San Diego. And he asked me, like, what do you do with all of them? And, uh, you know, I had to answer, like, because he, he actually, his, his specific question was, what do you do with all of them now that you don't have a, a laptop for school? Right? Because I remember that was, like, the cool thing to do when you had a laptop. You put, you put you know, especially in school when you can bring your laptop to class, you know, whoever had cool stickers on their laptop. It was always a cool conversation point. Um I told him that I do have a laptop still for editing and whatnot, but I only have five stickers on there. I kind of wanted to keep it more clean this time rather than like a graffiti, like, you know, orgy of stickers like I used to do on my old laptops. So I just picked five stickers, which I thought were representative of my personality. Uh, I have, you know, if you just want, I don't, I think I posted on IG before, but I don't have a picture of it on my feed. So I have Raphael from the Ninja Turtles. I have uh, the UCSD uh, I actually have a UCSD sticker on my laptop. So I'm an alumni of UCSD. I have uh, Steve Harrington from Stranger Things, where uh, a cartoon version with holding the baseball bat. And I have Bakugo from My Hero Academia. And I have a 20 Class A cigarettes. It looks like Marlboro, but it's not branded in the middle, covering the Apple logo. Because the Apple logo is lame now that it doesn't light up like it used to. And those are the five stickers on my laptop. So I, I told him, I was like, you know what? Like, I've been thinking for a while what to do with them because I keep them in a sticker booklet. Uh, it's it's pretty, I mean, it's a it's a photo album, which I just labeled a sticker booklet. I actually had to buy a new one because I don't have any more space. Uh, what I plan to do is because I bought this expensive artwork. Well, I call it expensive. This artwork, I want to frame the artwork, but I also was thinking, man, it would be cool if I had multiple small frames in different sizes and like just arrange them really cool on the wall and framed the stickers in, in, you know, in batches. So maybe, cause there are some stickers that come in packages. Oh, just speaking of pricing, if you're ever curious and you're wondering, how do I, you know, how much does it cost when you go to StickerCon? 
typically what I've, what I've noticed that the average price is 25 to 20 to 30 pesos per sticker, which is about 50 cents per sticker. Uh, but there's most sellers have a deal where if you buy four, you get one free. So just expect around two bucks or a hundred pesos for five stickers. That's kind of like the going rate. So they package them. Usually they have deals. They package them with deals because they have sets. So, you know, for example, if it was going to be like an anime, they would have multiple characters from the same anime so that it compels you to buy the whole set. Unless you're really just a fan of one character from a thing, normally you're a fan of all, you know, multiple. So that's kind of how it works. That's the pricing on most of them. In terms of like other merch, I didn't really see a consistent pricing when it came to shirts or hats. The hat that I bought was pretty expensive for the, for the, I mean, compared to the rest of the stuff at the, the convention. I think it was 12 bucks, which is cheap, right? 600 pesos, which is cheap. Um, but yeah, that's the pricing of stickers. Um, yeah, so I, I plan to make a wall collage with frames of stickers, uh, whether they be in sets or just random stickers that I think look good together. That is the eventual plan with the stickers. And that is StickerCon 2023. Follow the, follow the main, uh, their main, uh, handle, which is StickerCon MNL. It's on Twitter and on Instagram. And I'm, I, I, I feel really great all the time whenever I post stuff about them because they usually repost. So they rep- they retweeted my video. They reposted on their stories my video. Uh, so please check out the video. I spent seven hours on it. It took me fucking forever because I'm still learning how to edit and timing it with the music was fucking difficult. Plus, I had fucking my extra... I had an extra already set, right? And I recorded it. But my camera has been fucking up kind of weird lately. So the footage got corrupted. The memory card. I think it's the memory card rather than the camera. That's That's been weird. So I need to get a new memory card. Um, but I, I think I made it work. So I appreciate everyone that watched it and, and liked it. And if you haven't, uh, please take this as an opportunity to do so. Okay, so let's talk about the wedding that I hosted. So the day before the day I went to StickerCon, uh, on Saturday I went to Antipolo and I hosted a wedding. So congrats to Daphne and to Mark. Uh, I actually was fortunate enough to get this wedding because one of my former co-DJs, DJ Tom Alvarez, he had to drop out. Uh, I'm not sure. I think it was for a personal reason or something. So I was, uh, he asked me if I could do it and I said yes. And the core, I gotta say, man, the coordinator, her name is April Nung. Her and her team, they are, I, I remember speaking about loving hosting events where where the team is so efficient dude her and her team were fucking incredible plus they made the the wedding super fun because they they dance like the coordinator her and the rest of her co-coordinators they they choreograph dances for the groomsmen the bridesmaids the guests and the and the couple too and it made for a really energetic electric uh, um, reception. You know, me, I just, I, I mean, I, there was no script, but the, they planned the games. They planned like the entrances of all the people and whatever. And the, the, the crowd, at least the, the audience or the family members and the friends of Daphne and Mark, the couple, they were really down with it. Like you can tell when, a, when, when the guests are there to really celebrate 
and enjoy the moment or if they're just or if they're like me where they they're invited and they're just there for the food which is not a bad thing i'm just saying you can usually tell when a crowd is more one way or the other and in this case this crowd was was cheering they were applauding my jokes were landing that shit is the best man like i don't plan my jokes like i don't have a set list of jokes oh maybe i do maybe i have like a, a couple like jokes in in the top of the back of my mind that i could maybe pull out but most of the time my jokes come spur of the moment Especially if I'm interviewing a crowd member, if they say something, if I find something funny to go along with it, I just throw it out there. But I'm no comedian by any means. But I, I, I like to think that I, I, I'm funny enough when I host. And my jokes were all landing, man. It was crazy. But I guess maybe what a part of it that made it, made the jokes land more was, you ever watch, uh, for anyone who is not from the Philippines, if you don't watch variety shows like like eat bulaga or wawawi they always have like a tr- they, they have like sound effects like a laughing dolphin like a, like they're the dj guy was playing sound effects during my hosting it was the it's probably one of the first times i've ever had that happen and i don't know if it helped because it, it for me i i don't feel like i don't need i feel like i don't need it like i feel like it's kind of weird but it worked man i was surprised it worked for me it works, I guess, better in live audiences because I fucking hate that shit in YouTube videos. I hate laugh tracks in YouTube videos. I hate forced, like, you know, just like clapping effects in YouTube videos. Like, it's not, it's not the vibe for me, but it kind of worked in the event. I, I would say I was kind of happy that they had it. So maybe that worked in my favor. But yeah, the, the, it was just such a cool, it was a, it was a pretty small gathering. It's only like a hundred people, which is not a lot for a wedding. So. And the venue, the venue was at this place called Teodores, T-E-O-D-O-R-E-S. My first time hosting there ever. It was nice. Uh, it was kind of hidden behind like this coffee shop. Like, I don't know how to describe it. From outside, you wouldn't, you couldn't tell that there was a events hall there, but there was ample parking in the back, surprisingly. And yeah, I was just really happy because I've always said it before. Hosting weddings is very stressful for me because, uh, you know, Unlike hosting a corporate event, even though like you want to do your best, when you host a wedding, man, it's somebody's like special memory. That's all. And I, whenever I uh, do my introduction in weddings, I always talk about how the wedding is really a memory that you are creating. Well, for the couple, if I'm talking about the audience, you're there and you are kind of like imprinting a memory for the couple. So that's how I get people into the the reception i say you know what i need you guys to cheer i need you guys to be energetic because the couple will remember this this i don't say shit but they will remember this shit for the rest of their lives and that's also the pressure is on me as well to make it a memorable thing and if it doesn't you know if it's not memorable i just don't know i don't know like i feel like i'm letting them down and that's why i have so much pressure hosting wedding because the booze are cool right i mean you know the booze like I, i know i've shit on hosting the booze before but you know, I mean, when you're 18, you don't really give a fuck. But on your wedding day, you give a fuck, right? Um, yeah. And I guess, I guess the, the pressure was taken off when the crowd was really into it. So shout out to Mark, Daphne, and your family and friends. It was probably one of my favorite weddings to host, hands down. And shout out to April Nang and her team. Uh, celebrate events by April, or no, she goes by Celestine in, uh, in the, corporate world or whatever so celebrate events by celestine nung ng 
Uh, go look them up. If you need a wedding that, that is banging, uh, go at, get her and then ask for me as the host, okay? <laughs> uh, other than that, what else did I have planned to talk about? Okay, um, let's see. I did have something here. I, I took a screenshot of it. Oh, yeah, here we go. So uh, you all know that the, I'm a big fan of the NBA. Well, not as big as I was in the early 2000s because uh, most of my favorite players have now retired. My favorite player ever, Vince Carter, is, is retired. It's cool that um, a lot of players from my generation, at least the ones that I liked, are still doing basketball-related things, uh, especially in media. So Vince Carter, he's an analyst. He's a, He does uh, sportscasting sometimes. It's good to see him. Tracy McGrady does that shit too. I'm sure Kobe would have done something had he not uh, passed, unfortunately. I, I, I mean, you could already tell Kobe was about to do some crazy shit after retirement. I mean, he won a he won an Oscar, man, for his documentary. He was doing stuff in business, so that was like a really big loss uh, for the world. Um, yeah, that was a tough one, man. But you know, other player Richard Jefferson, who I enjoyed watching during the Nets, he's probably my favorite like commentator slash analyst slash TikToker at the moment. His his TikTok is hilarious, by the way. You should go check it out. He's so funny on social media. He's I feel like you know how I love Bretman Rock because of how candid he is? That's how much I like Richard Jefferson as well in, in the sports in the basketball scene of things. Gilbert Arenas has a podcast. JJ Reddick has a podcast. It's a great time uh for like early two thousands kids who grew up with these stars to at least follow their favorite players post retirement, which is nice. Um, but back to what I was saying, uh, I'm a big fan of the NBA, even though my players have, my favorite players have retired, especially during the playoffs. The playoffs is when I really kind of, you know, reignite my passion for basketball because regular season, admittedly, I'm not really up to date on things because my favorite players are gone. But there are, you know, a bunch of rising stars. I've talked about Luka Doncic before. Even though he's not in the playoffs this year, which is a fucking shame. Uh, you know, there's Trey Young, there's Donovan Mitchell, there's there's De'Aaron Fox. They just lost, by the way. Uh, congratulations to the Warriors. What a crazy series. Fucking Steph Curry dropping 50 points, the most ever for a Game 7 in the history of the NBA. 50 banger, man. I and You know, they call him in Reddit, they call him Skyfucker because he just shoots from wherever and just fucking shoots it so high no one can block it and he always makes it oh my god i that's why you know i i in the next series which is the lakers versus warriors i'm rooting for the lakers because i like lebron more and i i dislike the warriors more than i dislike the lakers that's kind of how i go right i like more players on the lakers than i do on the warriors i like steph curry i just, I don't like really i don't really like clay thompson because i feel like i mean he's really good one of the best shooters ever i just find him so whiny Draymond has kind of grown on me because of his podcast, TVH, and the way he calls out, like, he called out Dylan Brooks, but I still don't like Draymond Green. Like, I used to not, I used to hate him, but I hate him less now. Uh, <laughs> so the Lakers, I'm going for the Lakers, but whenever you face Steph Curry, similar to whenever you face LeBron James, you, you, you're you in for a heart, you know, you, you know that it's not going to be an easy series. You're not going to sweep LeBron James. Or Steph Curry. Maybe before, like old LeBron when he got swept when he was still young. I mean, you got, and, and unless you have fucking Kevin Durant on your super team, right? That's the only time you're going to get swept if you're LeBron James. <laughs> uh, but the thing that I had here on my screenshot, I'm sorry to, to kind of go off topic here, but 
Uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo, right? We talked about in Halala show the Bucks. They lost to the number eight seed, so the number one seeded Bucks lost to the number eight seed. And Giannis had a post game interview after that that uh, heartbreaking loss. And a reporter asked him, and I think it's a reporter from Milwaukee, so Giannis actually knows him personally. And the the reporter asked him, do you view this season as a failure? And he had this viral, you know, some call it a TED Talk-esque response to it. I don't want to read the whole thing, or I don't want to reiterate the whole thing. Just go on YouTube and look for Giannis failure quote. You'll find it easily. But to 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 um, paraphrase, he basically said he he re- he asked the reporter like, do, do you, you know when you go to your job, do you expect to get a a uh, promotion every year? Probably not, right? But whenever you work every year, do you see yourself as a failure if you don't get promoted? And then he even said, Michael Jordan, he's won six championships, he played for fifteen seasons. Are the other nine seasons failures? You know, so basically what he was saying is even though they didn't win the championship this year, there there's no really failure in sports. That's the quote he said. There's no failure in sports. And, you know, it kind of really, you know, you, you see these you see these quotes being thrown around on Twitter and on on sub, you know, inspirational subreddits. I'm sure some inspirational books have already kind of spoken on this. You know, Mark Manson's. uh you know, uh, what is it? What's his book? The Soil Art of Not Giving a Fuck kind of has this whole ideology in mind that you can't win in everything. So you should just kind of accept it. And, you know, Giannis has had a really good point. And then the, and, and if you want to go further into this, even if you're not a basketball fan, I highly recommend you go on YouTube and search inside the NBA discusses Giannis, uh, post game interview. Inside the NBA is probably one of the best sports and talk tv talk shows whatever you want to call it ever it has you know ernie johnson charles barkley that that crew right kenny Shaq, and they discuss Giannis's quote and it really is open to interpretation you know uh i mean Shaq was saying on the when he was talking about it if you don't win the championship you did fail as a team because that's your ultimate goal but defining failure is is a it People need to kind of look at failure and see it differently more often than we normally do. When we, when we, when we fail in life, a lot of us, I would say, don't see the positives from it. And I know that's a weird statement to make, especially if you don't really, if you're not dissecting it, you know, on surface level, like how can you be a a success when you're a failure? But then, you know, think about it, right? Think about all the shit that you do. Uh, I mean, even giving it a shot, you know, there's that, there's, there's the quotes that always say like, you miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take, right? But if you make none of them, did you fail or did you win because you actually gave it a shot? Like that, that's kind of like the whole discussion that was going on regarding this quote. And it really kind of opened my eyes to it, man. Uh, I mean, I feel like I, I have a positive a- outlook on life. I know that I failed a lot of times in my life. Uh, I've made a lot of mistakes um, both professionally and, and personally. And there's another saying, I know I keep saying these things, but I'm not giving you any, but there's one saying that I know for sure you've probably heard of, charge it to experience. And that is something that I feel like I just want to share with all of you that it really is 
fucking difficult. Life, life in general is fucking difficult. You know, I acknowledge that. You, you know, even though I'm in a comfortable position in life, I would like to think there's so much struggle still in my mind internally about my personal success. You know, I did leave my job two years ago because I wanted to pursue content creation. I haven't really done it for fear of failure uh, is a big part of it. And, you know, listening to Giannis say it and listening to the inside the TNT crew discuss it, it really, it, it kind of, I guess, reopened my eyes to it because I feel like I've had this perspective before and then you lose it along the way, right? You, you tend to lose it along the way if you don't make it your mantra, if you don't, you know, reinforce it in your mind. I wouldn't say each and every day, but every time you fail, you have to look at it in a different perspective and hopefully you can take the victories from the failure rather than just seeing it as a loss every time. And Charles Barkley was saying, and it really made me tear up, right? He, he gave props to Ernie Johnson, who I think is one of the best commentators in sports of all time, at least in the history of my life that I've been watching sports and sports analysts. Ernie Johnson is the man that you aspire to be if you are a sports commentator. He is eloquent. He is well-informed. He is funny. He gets along with everyone. He's well-respected. And Chuck, or yeah, Charles Barkley, they call him Chuck was saying, you know, Ernie is the best at what he does, but he does, he hasn't won the Emmys every year. He's won a few, but he doesn't win every year, but he's still the best at what he does. And I think that's what, what it is. It comes down to you just have to try to be the best at what you, what you, you know, try to be the best that you can be. And if you don't win everything, if you don't get what you want, if you don't get the, for example, content creation, if you don't get the views, if you don't get the, if you don't get the, the, the sponsors, um, you know, try to move on from it and really just take it that you did your best. Cause if you really, you know, do your best and you really are really good, people will see it, man. Ernie Johnson is one of the most highly respected people in, in the sports industry, I would say. And I think that enough is a victory in itself. It, it reminds me of, okay, so there's this one moment and, and uh, you know, I, I think Rika shares the same sentiment. It was a very, uh, for me, it was one of the, like the, uh, well, quote unquote failures that really hurt me. Um, so Hala Hala Show, way back when we first started, it was doing really good, like really good. Like we had great, uh, listenership. Uh, and up until now, like, I want to thank the, all the Leche fans who are, you know, who've gravitated this podcast as well. It really means the world to us that you listen to us. And we were making the top listens, you know, we were in the top charts of Spotify. We even peaked at like number eight, which was incredible. But now with the influx of so many podcasters, uh, whether they're celebrities or they blew up on TikTok and then they created a podcast, you know, props to them for making it big. But we've kind of been swept under the, the podcast, like, lo at least in the local scene. We're kind of just like, you know, only like the real ones know. That's kind of like how I see it. Like only the real ones know, the ones that were there from day one. But it's hard for us to be discovered. Um, you know, partially it's also my fault because I haven't really been pushing it on social media. We don't have a video aspect, which is the next big thing. Like I mentioned on this podcast, it's like the next big aspect to get a bigger following. But way back in 2018 or 2019, when we started the podcast, we were in discussions actually with Spotify to be a Spotify exclusive. And there are so many, if you go on Spotify right now, you'll see so many podcasts that are Spotify exclusives. And we were so excited about it. 
and we were waiting for an update. And then we got the news that unfortunately we didn't have like the listenership. Like we didn't have X amount of number of listeners for Spotify to warrant like them seeing us as worthy as spot as a Spotify exclusive. And that kind of, that shit kind of stung, man. It really stung. I mean, Rika and I were talking about it before. That shit kind of hurt because we, we, we put our effort and time and, and we really dedicated ourselves to the podcast for when we were doing it live and we were doing it together. And we would, I remember we would go to meetings, like we would cold call and cold email, uh, potential sponsors. Like we would just call them and, 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 or, or email them and try to get a meeting. And like we were working our asses off. And we really felt like we could, we deserved it. And when we, when they told us, like, you know, you don't have enough listeners, it kind of sucked, right? Because we thought we were doing, I mean, up until now, I believe that we are doing a fantastic job at Halada Show. But in the moment, we're like, fuck, did we not do enough? You know, uh, did, did we not, like, what, what was missing? Are we not entertaining enough? Maybe do we need more of a budget? Like, do we need music? Like, we were really discussing all these things. And in the moment, it was hard to see that, you know, based off of this whole Giannis talking about failure quote, we were focusing on what we could have done better, which is normal. But I didn't really, at the time, I didn't really think, but you know what, man? People know us. Like the people that listen to us, they love us. I would like to think, right? We've got emails. We've been, we were like, we were, you know, we were on blog posts. Like people, there were articles about top podcasts to listen to. We were making those lists and we, we didn't ask anyone to be on those lists. Like people were finding us and listening to us. We were getting great reviews. And up until now, we have day one OG listeners. And to me, that is the victory, right? Despite the, you know, the setback. The fact that we have people that are there for us every week and have listened, and some some even we get new listeners that message us and say, you know, we binge we binge listen your podcast over the year. Like imagine that's like hundreds of that's like literally day maybe weeks worth of audio, and they binged listen to it. That's crazy to me that someone liked us that much that they spent hours of their life listening to us, and that to me is a victory. And that to me is the, is the heart of what Giannis was saying. Yeah, you don't win the championship every year, but if you put in your, if you put in the work and you, 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 you know, you put out what you love and you do what you love to do and you put yourself in a position to win, even if you don't win, you still win. And that's what it is, man. There's no, there is no failure in sports and there, and I guess in a more general sense, there's no failure. In trying your best. And I think that should be the podcast, man. What a good way to wrap it up. I have more stuff to talk about, uh, but I think we'll save it. I'll save it for a Halala show because it's kind of interesting and it's more of a Halala show conversation. But to everyone who listens to this podcast, uh, thank you so much. Uh, you know, I, I, I know it sounds corny and whatnot, but it does mean a lot when you message me. I, I know somebody answered the, my prompt from last, uh, episode about who would win in that battle royale. They answered Tyler Rake, which I was kind of, surprised by i was like you know he might act but you know good chance i would say uh but please do um let me know what you think about the podcast hit me up on uh the podcast instagram to the best 
And please watch my video on Halala Show. And support, or no, please watch my video on StickerCon and please listen to Halala Show if you have the time. All right? And take care of yourselves. Enjoy the rest of your week. And I'll catch you all. Say it with me later. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.